0: We talk about coffee a lot. We do. (laughs) Because that's who we are now.
1: Yeah, I guess so. It's better than talking about drinking. (laughs) Yeah, it's true.
0: It's true. I don't get it. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to I Don't Get It. A podcast brought to you by coffee. <laughs> um, but also part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered, powered by, by ATB.
1: A-T-P. I'm Paul. I'm Fonda and uh yeah well we we saw a couple of uh shows this week and we can i think we can just really get into it we're all yeah. we're all a little uh sleepy this morning yeah what I, happened last night paul <laughs> well
0: i uh at my day job at an art gallery uh the art gallery was involved in nuit blanche the all night art party so i was uh, i was working pretty late. i didn't have to do the whole shift but i was there at work until about one in the morning
1: yeah you said it was pretty bumping so people were people were liking it
0: yeah everyone was around like i couldn't i didn't get to see the actual show that was happening at uh, my spot Uh, but there was tons of people wandering around and there weren't too many lulls from the like seven o'clock until one o'clock that I worked so people were people were engaging although yeah I want Go ahead.
1: I was kind of watching on social media. Toronto was also doing their Nuit Blanche last night. So it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of interesting just to see what people were posting and and chatting about and um, up very late. Yeah. (laughs) And how. Yeah. Um, Also, this week we wanted to give a special shout out to um, Michael Nunweiler. Michael. Yeah. He designed our new I Don't Get It logo and images and stuff.
0: Thanks, Michael. They look great.
1: He's cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah. All right, Paul. What did we see this week? What's the first thing we want to talk we, about?
0: We saw uh, the opening show of Alberta Ballet's uh, season, which was not presented by that company, but rather Les Ballet Jazz de Montreal. Oh mm-hmm. fuck. Oh no. <laughs> uh, often shortened to B Jam Dance. Let's let's keep it to that. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was dance me. It was the Leonard Cohen uh, tribute show. I guess in a lot of ways, a number of choreographers uh and a number of Leonard Cohen songs uh on the the uh, LBJ uh ensemble
1: BJM ensemble oh <laughs> wow LBJ? Where did that one go?
0: Ballet, Ballet jazz. Oh yes,
1: okay. I'm no, not, no, 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 I'm you're not, good.
0: You're good. Okay, yeah. I'm not a total monster.
1: It's all right. It's all right. Um so these were songs from um throughout Leonard Cohen's repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um I was kind of, what did you think of the song choice?
0: Uh, it was pretty uh, eclectic, not maybe necessarily in in the choice, like, you know. Uh, Suzanne, Hallelujah, all the things you'd expect would be in there. But they were really, uh, it was really eclectic in choice of versions, what they chose to do. Not all of them were actually Leonard Cohen's versions. Mm -hmm. Um, And even within that, there were live versions of songs. There were um, some of the recordings, you know, but a lot of them sort of different versions. What about you?
1: Um, I thought, I I mean, I thought it was interesting. I was a little bit surprised that there was, um, I feel like, so much from the later Cohen songs mm. whereas you know the the most really like classic recognizable ones I thought it was very interesting how they did Suzanne uh, no how they did uh, So Long Marianne mm-hmm. and Hallelujah I believe those were the two songs where there was actually no movement happening
0: yeah yeah that was a really interesting choice for a dance company there were um you know uh, an ensemble of 11 I want to say mm-hmm. performing the performing the works uh, very very physical very rubber-bodied and elastic performers um, but for, yeah, for those two numbers, uh, there'd be a performer or maybe two performers on stage, uh, mouthing along to, to the words, but very still, almost to sort of like cast back to the audience. Like, okay, you've been seeing all this movement, but just listen, just listen to these words. Yeah. There's so much movement. This and song, duty.
1: this poetry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, and you know, so long Marianne and is one of my favorite songs of all time. I also kind of, um, the one piece that really stuck out to me was Suzanne. Mm. Um, you knew they were going to do it, right? right? Like they can't not do Suzanne. Mm -hmm. Um, but they had an interesting bit of Cohen speaking in an interview right before, um, talking about where the lyrics in Suzanne came from. Right.
0: Mm. And it was like a friend's, uh, wife who'd invited him over. And there were a couple of the details that are so iconic in the song are, are true, you know, she served
1: some tea and oranges. Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: but, he was talking about the mixing of fiction and and truth and fact and and Mm -hmm. how that Powers this poem and, and yeah,
1: the... and the way that they danced it was um, the a duet, a male f- and a female dancer, and um, the female dancer doesn't touch the ground the entire time. It's mm-hmm. all done in lift, and you know she's floating. And it was funny because in the very opening moments of the show, they're doing this really interesting um, kind of interplay with uh, shins, like sidelights,
0: yeah, 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 and
1: um, and so as they walk through all of these lights that are kind of lined up. Uh, in, within each wing, mm-hmm. use um, they they just sort of appear in a light, and so it looks like yeah. they're all blinking on and off. But they're really actually just walking through this striped sort of light setup. Mm. Um, and as soon as you see that redhead, um, the female redhead dancer, I was like, boom, that's Suzanne. Like it, it just, I didn't even, you know, of course I didn't know that that was really who Suzanne was going to be, but it, it did end up but being you her. Were right? <laughs> because okay. yeah, they pause on a moment in that opening sequence where there's one. Um, Uh, man in the fedora and the raincoat and then the woman and they're the only two dancers that are visible at that time and it was just kind of like sort of like a an early call to how they were setting that up
0: see you two later yeah exactly Um, exactly. what did you think of the the movement fonda throughout the show and how uh how bjm dances and moves in this piece
1: uh yeah bjm is just such a they're they're a really interesting company because they have ballet in their name and jazz in their name. Um, but their, their movement is like undoubtedly contemporary. There's Mm -hmm. nothing on point in the show. Um, but they are also just an incredibly, um, well-trained dynamic skilled performance group. Um, they're also a lot more diverse than most ballet companies that you would see. Uh, and yeah, the the choreography itself was kind of I don't know, I want to say kind of a little bit conventional for sure, yeah. for uh, for contemporary dance. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of floor work and a lot of interesting stuff with um uh, lifts and um, you know, kind of uh, giving and taking of the weight of the dancers. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I mean, they made some they made some really really cool images. But I feel that the images that were the most um, sort of like searing and interesting were the ones where there was not much movement involved at all. Right. They did another sequence with, um, and I think I'm trying to remember what song it was to. Actually, it was the poem "A Thousand Kisses Deep," mm-hmm. um, and it was all done in shadow, and they were all in trench coats and um, and fedoras. Right, right, right. And it and there was just one dancer sitting on a typewriter. And, you know, and you could see, you know, it was more sort of like lighting tricks and stuff. There was there wasn't actually that much movement happening, but they ended up sort of like sweeping him away in a group, uh, Mm -hmm. the the writer away as uh, as all these other, you know, people in trench coats. And that was that was kind of like a neat moment. Some of the things
0: again, I guess the thing about their movement that stood out the most to me was just how uh, elastic it was a lot of the time Mm -hmm. Um, when they were moving those bodies were moving, like, lots of circles and sways and shifts of weight and, and all of that, where the people who were moving were very dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were also sort of the more theatrical movements, so people in costume.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then there was also uh, a really interesting interplay in this show between the tech side of things. Um, sometimes for maybe goofier effect than was intended, there was a big, uh, there was a big moment of sort of Rocky Horror Lips, Uh, on a screen yeah uh, sort of red lips (laughs) mouthing along I think that
1: was for Tower of Song right yeah yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) which you know has a bit of a like a rhythm to it and a bit uh a bit of a buoyancy Mm -hmm. but but felt felt a little uh, I wouldn't say perplexing but it was just like huh okay
1: yeah like it seemed that 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 seemed silly
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and there were also some some moments of like uh there was a moment when the dancers were all lined up basically at the bottom of the screen with their legs up and they Mm -hmm. were kicking this kicking in quotes that you you can't see listeners but uh, these this sort of like thing on the screen back and forth. Yeah
1: it was a square of light I think it was supposed to look like a piece of paper Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah they um, yeah they're doing these things and it's mostly just a lighting trick just like a very very Mm -hmm. well placed um, projection. Yeah
0: and very Mm -hmm. astutely performed like it wasn't like uh, they were half hitting it it's like oh yeah those legs hit at the moment when that thing moved oh, yeah. across the screen, back yeah, and forth.
1: Yeah, they they knew they mm-hmm. knew it was there. I also thought felt it was really interesting. You know, Cohen's um, Cohen's lyrics and poetry just has this kind of sexual tension in it. Yeah, um, and there was a really. I feel um, nice and appropriate interplay between the male and female um, sort of energies on the stage. Okay. Uh, and I really, I mean, there were some dances that were just, like, overtly orgiastic and sexual.
0: Great use of orgiastic, <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Um, and, yeah, that was, you know, we we saw this show on one of the days of the Kavanaugh hearing, so feeling just sort of a little sensitive about, you know... Some because Cohen, you know, he doesn't write nicely about women all the time, Mm -hmm. um, but other times he does write with um, this extreme reverence for Mm -hmm. them, Uh, and so it was is just a very interesting, um, you know, kind of headspace to be watching a show like this where there is like some pretty uh, blatant references to sex and power dynamics, Mm -hmm. um, but also then some, you know, just like very. Very gentle and sensitive moments too. Right, reverence
0: mm-hmm. is, is a nice word for, for mm-hmm. it. especially this week when when that has not felt the case at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so you know, I was really looking forward to hearing uh, so long, Marianne and Suzanne in those in those ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. In any case, yeah. So well, that was dance me. Um, uh, Alberta Ballet's got the whole rest of their season to come yet, and, and how? Yeah. So so that was cool to see. Um, and with. That I think um, I think it's time for our first ad.
0: Hell yeah! yeah.
1: Our friends on Alberta Podcast Network have been getting busy this fall, and in a special upcoming episode of Tomato Radio this week, me, that's Fonda Mithrush, sits in the guest chair to talk about food writing, chefs' memoirs, cookbooks, and more. Tomato Radio is Edmonton's food and drink podcast, hosted by Mary Bailey and Amanda Lenev, and covers our shared gastronomic culture. For more info on Tomato Radio and all of APN's podcasters, visit albertapodcastnetwork.com. What else did you see this week,
0: Paul? Uh, well, Fonda, I went and saw a show called Once, uh, uh-huh. which is the musical that's opening the Citadel's 2018-2019 uh, season. Uh, the curious trajectory of uh, started as a movie and then became uh, a musical uh, for the stage.
1: Yeah. Um, I saw once uh, back when they did it, uh, Broadway Across Canada brought it through Mm -hmm. here a couple years ago. Um, So, um, well, how did the Citadel production set it up? I remember seeing the Broadway version. They had a really cool kind of interplay. It's set up like a pub, right? Mm -hmm. The opening of the show, you're supposed to, you know, kind of go on stage and have a drink or whatever. Big old jam. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and all of the musicians are actually part of the cast in the show, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. How did how did walking into that show feel? Uh, it was, uh, I think, right
0: off the top that uh, obviously gave it its own energy. The Citadel has also redecorated part of its lobby just to look like sort of a, a street of pubs. Oh, cool. And they have live musicians sort of busking uh, before the show every night. Uh, so so the atmosphere was, was absolutely there right from the get-go, right from when you're walking in and being like, Wait, I can go on stage? they're just having a jam right now, and cool. watching uh these musicians sort of go back and forth and trade, yeah trade bits and do these sort of drinking songs and celebratory songs um yeah, and in a lot of ways uh that energy sort of continues through the show because most of the cast as you as you pointed out, are the band, um even if they're not the principal cast, even if they're smaller roles, they're sort of often around the action. Uh, adding to the songs as they're going, and in that I find it really interesting that once started as a as a movie and became uh, a musical on the stage, because it feels like it sort of has its own approach, um, and the music style is very folk song singer songwriter. So even that, the music itself feels very different than your your traditional musical and and the energy uh feels feels very different is a lot uh, it's very palpable in a way that you can not only see the band they're also saying lines they're also uh all around the action as it's going on
1: mm-hmm. um and so the uh give us a little bit about the story of once i recall that there's like the, the main roles are she and him
0: guy and girl guy and girl, guy and girl.
1: um right and then uh and the- I also kind of feel that it really is driven by the male narrative voice. Um, his character is kind of like the one who sees everything happening sort of to him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and, in a lot of ways. I mean, it starts with him. He's sort of been busking. You hear, you hear the first song and he sort of like gives up and leaves his guitar in the street. And he's about to leave when a girl walks up, uh, sort of complimenting his music, but then uh, finds out in his day job, he's sort of a vacuum repairman and she needs a vacuum repaired right now. And uh, and so that that sort of begins their their connection. But she's very a driving force. She's very much a driving force. And you need to these songs are good. You need to do something with them. But yeah, uh, I would I would agree with that. I would say that um, there are elements uh, of her story that sort of don't get fully told. Like she certainly has a backstory and is a fleshed out character. But there's one number that where it's sort of she's taken his music and written lyrics to it. And we're, we're seeing her sort of live those lyrics, also sort of her feelings that she's going through at the time. Uh, but we never really find out what becomes of those or how they're, how they're felt about by everyone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, and it's kind of, um, I mean, the story of this show, I think the one moment that I always remember associated with this show wasn't even watching the show itself. It was okay. when the... Um... <laughs> Back when John Stewart hosted the Oscars, okay, um, the song "Falling Slowly" was yeah. nominated, so they performed the song. The song won, great. Um, and uh, what's his name? Creator of the show, and Marquette or Glova. Mm-hmm. Uh, they um, they walk up to accept the award. He does a speech. Um, she goes up to the mic and the orchestra starts playing them off. Oh, no.
0: Right. So
1: she didn't get to say her thing. And then after the next commercial break at the Oscars, Jon Stewart goes on and he's like, I had a joke at this part, but I'm actually going to let Marquetta have her speech. Amazing. Yeah, and so she went and did it. It was like the best moment of the Oscars ever. And I think that there was... um, It just kind of seems like it was that sort of... uh, the dynamic that happened in the show a little bit too, Mm -hmm. at least from what I recall about the story. Right. Yeah.
0: Like Mm there, I would say the story is flawed in that sense Mm -hmm. of it's, I think even though it's guy and girl, I think it's, it's very much about guy um, Mm -hmm. and his, his arc and trajectory. Uh, They, they talk a bit in the program about how all the characters are sort of stuck in some way and through, through a meeting become unstuck, which is, uh, which is true. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's sort of, that's sort of where it's at. But I think, uh, as a, as a performance, and certainly I think the ensemble were, were great. Um, they really carry that. And the music is, uh, is beautiful. Falling Silly is a great song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: mm-hmm. And I'd never seen any version of this before. So, so I was coming in blind.
1: Yeah. But. What did you think of the performances? Some of the, the, um, casting that was in the show.
0: Yeah, I think it was I think it was uh good. I think they sort of found the right characters for the for the right roles and it was sort of a strong ensemble as a whole. Uh, the quality of the music and sort of being able to not just sort of be performing performing those songs, but to make it sort of transcend off the stage and, and fill the room uh, and sort of have this energy behind it was was very, very much there. And I imagine that's sort of an interesting dynamic when you're casting a show uh to to not only be looking for performers and singers but but musicians who can also mm-hmm. play while well acting and performing and and carrying that that load as well mm-hmm. uh but i think uh I think they did they did great with that
1: yeah cool um uh my favorite scene in the show is, uh, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's actually at her house. Um, but it essentially is just like a big old sort of like very East European field jam session.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's that, that dynamic is very, very present certainly, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in those moments. And when we do see into her life, uh, and, and her family, it's sort of like, they're all, you know, her, her flatmates have all sort of learned English from soap. So they're obsessed with this soap <laughs>
1: yeah. and the running
0: gag of sort of this one character on the soap and what they're, what they're doing with that character. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah there it's it's kind of like a neat feel that her her whole like flatmates and family feel I mm-hmm. kind of like remember identifying with that yeah. also um, a
0: very diverse cast which was which was great to see on on the stage
1: yeah um i think that uh it's kind of interesting to have a musical that's such um it's it's kind of a love story but it's not it doesn't give you your standard sort of like ending of a love story
0: yeah so, yeah without without too many spoilers i would say yeah um one thing that is uh very astute in the telling is these people do have sort of different trajectories for their lives, a lot of them.
1: And with that, I think maybe it's time for another ad.
0: New this week on the Alberta Podcast Network is Otherwise, a variety podcast dedicated to empowering diverse communities living on Treaty 6 territory. By sharing stories of lived experiences, the show strives to highlight our collective ethno-cultural linguistic diversity and heritage, reflect on who we are as a city, and bring about positive social change. For more info and to listen to their introductory episode where Ahmed Ali and Karen Tang Mm -hmm. explain the who, what, where, and why of otherwise, visit otherwiseshow.com.
1: All right. Well, Paul listings
0: yeah fonda hit it
1: here we go so um brian webb dance company um they've they've kind of got a little bit of a front-loaded season they've all, they opened real early mm-hmm. uh the next show is october 5th and 6th it's called Atacalari uh and Binavinyasa. so and that's actually at the Trifo theater in allard hall so right. a new venue for them as well mm-hmm.
0: yeah uh once is still showing once at the citadel carries on for uh, a little while longer so check that out if you get the chance I don't no. know. Oh, tonight I'm going to see Play the Fool, which no. is the the sort of clown and physical theater festival. Yeah. And I'll report back on that next time we talk. Cool,
1: that sounds good. All right, um, I think I think we should probably go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's probably time. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Go see um, some stuff. Yeah, bye. I don't get it. As a member of the Alberta oh Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app.
0: I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio.
1: Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com.
0: I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blenoff. Sit
1: here thinking, I love you.